time is running out. I don't think that we actually really recognize and realize just how quickly time is swiftly passing us by. I've got a, an hourglass. And with that, I think that we can see just how fast time can pass us by. I like what the psalmist said in Psalm 89 and verse 43 when he said, Remember how short time is. And what David said in Psalm 37:25 when he said, I have been young, but now I'm old. And this hourglass quickly reminds us just how fast and how quick time is running out. I just had a birthday just, just a couple weeks ago. I'm getting old. <laughs> it is quickly going by. It's now 2020. Where did last year go? Where have all the other years gone? Quickly passing us by. It's already run out. Right there. In Deuteronomy chapter 34, we want to study one of the great men of the Old Testament. A man that was called... Moses. And in this particular chapter, we're going to see that he has died. But really, in essence, for Moses, time ran out. And so I want us to begin by looking at the observation of Moses. You know, he had the opportunity to view the promised land. He was blessed with that privilege to be able to see the promised land. And so there are a few things that we need to be reminded of concerning those lines. First of all, the land that is spoken of in the Old Testament was promised to Abraham and his descendants. Or actually just Abraham's descendants. You might remember in Genesis chapter 12 and verse 2 where God had called Abraham and he told him that he would make of him a great nation. I mean he said, as I will bless thee and make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing as well. Verse 3, I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curseth thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. In verse 7 of Genesis 12, the promise was made to the descendants of Abraham that they would receive the land of Canaan. 
In Genesis 15, it's identified as the land of promise. But not only was it a land of promise, but it was a land of plenty as well. Because we find out that in Numbers 13, 1 and 2, that God had instructed Moses to send out 12 men to spy out this particular land of promise. We all know the response. The response was after having seen the land, having examined the land, they said in verse 27, it's a land that flows with milk and honey. It is a land of plenty. Now, if you look back at Deuteronomy 34, the text tells us that Moses, the great leader and lawgiver of ancient Israel, had that opportunity to view this land. It wasn't that what the very reason why Moses and Aaron was instructed by God to lead those people out of Egyptian bondage to go to the land of promise. So he had that opportunity. But listen to what the record says, beginning in verse 1 of Deuteronomy 34. And Moses went up from the plains of Moab unto the mountain of Nebo to the top of Pisgah, that is over against Jericho. And the Lord showed him all the land of Gilead unto Dan, and all Naphtali, and the land of Ephraim and Manasseh, and all the land of Judah, unto the utmost sea, and the south, and the plain of the valley of Jericho, the city of palm trees unto Zoar. And the Lord, and the Lord said unto him, This is the land which I swear unto Abraham, unto Isaac and unto Jacob, saying, I will give it unto thy seed. I have caused thee to set it, to see it with thine eyes. And so Moses was blessed. He was blessed to see this land, but now the text also tells us that God barred him from being able to go there. That God had blocked him from visiting the land. Listen now to what the record says, the latter part of verse 4. I have caused thee to see it with thine eyes, but thou shalt not go over thither. Why did God prohibit Moses from entering physically the promised land? I know you know the answer. You might remember back in the book of Numbers, in chapter 20, when the children of Israel were in the wilderness of Zin, and the people abode in Kadesh, and the text says in verse 2 there, and there was no water there. And the people began to murmur, they began to complain, they began to grumble, they questioned why Moses had led them out of the land of Egypt to die in the wilderness. So God called Moses, in verse 8 and following, Take the rod, gather thou the assembly together, thou and Aaron thy brother, and speak ye unto the rock before their eyes, and it shall go forth his water, and thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rock. So thou shalt give the congregation and their beasts drink. And Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock and he said unto them, Hear now, ye rebels, much 
Must we fetch you water out of this rock? Verse 11. And Moses lifted up his hand and with his rod he smote the rock twice. Twice. And the water came out abundantly and the congregation drank and their beasts also. And the text tells us in verse 12 that God said, Because ye believed me not to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore ye shall not bring this congregation into the land which I swear unto them. God said, You are not going to inherit. You are not going to get the opportunity to go into this land of promise. And so we find here in Deuteronomy 34, we find that Moses was blocked from going into the promised land because of his sin. God said, speak to the rock. Moses said, I think I got a better way. And he struck the rock twice. I think there's a great lesson here for all of us. Don't you think? Sometimes we think about the decisions that we make. And that we ought to always remember that for every action there is a corresponding reaction, isn't there? Sometimes we make decisions and those Decisions are unwise. They're not founded upon Scripture, and so we suffer the consequences of our actions. But there are some things that we make decisions on in life that have great, great repercussions when we sin. And we understand that. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall we also reap. Galatians 6, 7. There are some decisions that you make in this life that will bring with those decisions unbelievable consequences. You think about Moses from our vantage point. All he did was strike that rock two times. What's the big deal? The big deal is that God said, speak to it. Oh, we know that earlier Moses was told by God to strike the rock. And water would come out. But this time God said, speak to it. And Moses struck the rock. And God blocked him from going into the land of promise. In Deuteronomy 3 and verse 25, the text tells us that Moses pled with God. He said, I pray thee, let me go over and see the good land that is beyond Jordan. That goodly mountain in Lebanon. You know what God said? In verse 26, he said, but the Lord was wroth with me for your sakes and would not hear me. And the Lord said unto me, let it suffice thee, speak no more unto me of this matter. And we might think that's a little harsh, don't we? That Moses would plead to God, let me go and see this land. God said, no, and do not even bring it up anymore. I have made up my mind. 
you made me look bad before the congregation of Israel. You disobeyed my will. You will not go into the land of Canaan. All because he disobeyed God. You think about your life. You think about the decisions that you make in this life on a daily basis. When you disobey God, there are always consequences. Sometimes these consequences are irreversible. And so we talked about the observation of Moses. But there's a second thing I want you to see in our study, and that is the termination of Moses. You see, when you look at the scriptures, you read about the fact that the time had run out for Moses. Time ran out. In other words, we talk about the brevity of life. There was no more time for the man named Moses. Listen to what's recorded here in Deuteronomy 34. Look at verse 5. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord. Moses, as you will recall, and as you can read, verse 7, was 120 years of age at his death. Oh, that seems like a long time, doesn't it? At least for us today. And yet for this man, time ran out. Here's what we need to understand. One day, your time will run out. Forget the hourglass. One day, your time is going to run out. In Hebrews 9 and verse 27, the writer of Hebrews said, And it is appointed unto man once to die, then cometh the judgment. Time ran out for Moses. In 2 Corinthians 4, Paul talks about how the outward man is perishing, but the inward man is renewed day by day. I alluded to Psalm 89, verse 47, where the psalmist in long ago said, you know, my time is short. Compared to eternity, my time is really short. I mean, really short. But I think about Jacob back in Genesis 47 and verse 8 where he stood before Pharaoh and Pharaoh asked him, how old are you? He was 130 years of age and here's what he had to say in verse 9 of Genesis 47. He said, few and evil have been my days. He was 130 years of age, but he said his lifespan, the duration of his time here on earth, was but few. What was it that Job had said? Man born of woman is of a few days and full of evil? Job 14.1. James tells us in James 4.4 that our life is like a vapor. It appears for a short time and then vanishes away. Talking about the brevity of life, there it is. Every minute that clicks by, we still got one of those kind of clocks. 
You can hear it if you listen. A minute lost forever as it clicks by. You'll never get it back. Now the text tells us that Moses lived to 120 years of life. That's a long life by today's standards. And the psalmist said in Psalm 91 verse 10, you might live to be 70 years of age, but he said you might even live to be 80 years of age. But he said it is accompanied by strength and sorrow, but soon cut off and we fly away. It will get by you before you know it. You see, time ran out for Moses. Let me tell you this. Time will run out for every single one of us. Whether you're a man or a woman, you will one day experience what we call the sting of death. And so in thinking about the fact that there was no more time for Moses, I am again reminded of Hebrews 9.27. We're to once die. Then cometh the judgment. Time will get by you. The question is, how are you using the time that God has given you, has blessed you with here on planet Earth? Are you using wisdom to direct the duration of your life here? You remember what the psalmist said in Psalm 90 and verse 10, teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts into wisdom? What was it that Paul said in Ephesians 5 and verse 16? Redeem the time because the days are evil. You need to walk carefully. As he would say in Ephesians 5 and verse 15. And so we think about the brevity of life. There's no more time for Moses. The text also tells us there were tears for Moses. Think about his burial. What is said here? Notice beginning verse 5 of Deuteronomy 34. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord. And he buried him in a valley in the land of Moab, over against Beth Peor. But no man knoweth of his sepulcher unto this day. And Moses was 120 years old when he died. His eye was not dim, nor his natural face abated or reduced. And the children of Israel wept for Moses in the plains of Moab 30 days. And so the days of weeping and mourning for Moses were ended. Two things I want you to see here. First of all, Moses left a void in his death. How do I know that? Because this man had been the great leader. He'd been the the lawgiver of of ancient Israel. He had been a a very large piece of the puzzle, if you will, in terms of bringing the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt, out of that bondage, Exodus 7 through 12. He received the law, the Ten Commandments that we know of and read about in Exodus 20. God had used him in a mighty way. So when he died, there was a void. There's no doubt There was a void. When you die, will you leave a void? At home, 
there will be an empty chair. At the office, there will be an empty chair, an empty place where you worked or labored. Here in the pew, there will be that empty spot or place where you would normally sit. And whether you like it or not, you see, one day you're going to die. Unless the Lord comes before you die and we leave this old world and in the way that he is direct, directed, you will leave a void. The closet that you use now, where your clothes are hanging, it won't be needed anymore. Your tools or your crafts or the things that you use day by day, they're useless now. They won't be needed. Why? You're not there. There will be a void. And so Moses left a void in his death, but Moses was also victorious in his death. How do I know that? Because in Hebrews 11, he's identified as being one of the great saints of the Old Testament era. He's identified in what we call faith's hall of fame, Hebrews chapter 11, right? It may be the case that you've been to a place that, that honors individuals that, where they have done great things and maybe in the realm of sports or music or whatever. You've been to a hall of fame. There's a lot of honor, a lot of prestige associated with being identified in the hall of fame. But you know what? That's man's hall of fame. I want to be included in God's hall of fame like we read in Hebrews chapter 11. I would rather be there, a child of the living God and know that I have victory in death. You remember what David said in Psalm 23, 4? He said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will feel no evil for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You remember what the psalmist said in Psalm 116, verse 15? Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. You see, I want to be in God's hall of fame as one of his saints. Remember, well, when the child of God dies, it's, it's a sad occasion, isn't it? For those of us who have been left behind, why? Because we miss the one that's gone. There's a void. But if that individual who died is a child of the living God, it's a victory to them. It's a victory to them. Why? Because that person has gone home to be with God. Paul said he had a desire to depart and, and, and to be with Christ, which is far better he said, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain, Philippians 1, 21 and 23. John said in Revelation 14, 13, he said, Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth, yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors. You know, there are only two places you can die. It's either in the Lord or out of the Lord. That's it. One of the two places. In the Lord or out of the Lord? 
But here's what you need to understand. We mentioned it this morning in our class. That choice is yours. If it was my choice, every one of you would go. But it's not my choice. It's your choice. My choice is to make sure I go. And my family can go. No one can make that decision for you. But now, the third point that we can take away from Deuteronomy 34. I think about the reputation of Moses. And really, that reputation is summed up in the fact that Moses was a servant of the Lord. He was a servant. Think about that for a moment. Here's a man that is identified by the sacred writer as being a servant of God. Listen to again what is said in verse 5. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab. Question. Are you a servant of the Lord? Can you be identified as a part of God's family? There are two things that are unique to Moses. Number one, he was a man of God. There's no greater honor than you can wear than to be identified as a man or a woman of God. You remember what Paul wrote to Timothy in 1 Timothy 6, 11. He said, be thou, but thou, O man of God. O man of God. Here is this young man who's an evangelist who is a product of the preaching and the teaching of the Apostle Paul. And he's been reared or schooled in Judaism by his mother and grandmother. He's been made wise in the salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. He was called or identified by Paul as a man of God. How will your tombstone read? Could your family and loved ones, could they honestly have etched on your tombstone, servant of the Lord, man of God, or woman of God? Would you like to be remembered like that? There are a lot of things that we could say about the life of Moses. And look, he was a great man. He did a lot of great things. He was a man of God, but he was a servant of the Lord. Was he perfect? Absolutely not. And we know for a fact that because he struck that rock twice instead of speaking to it, showed that he was just a man like you and I, but he was a man of God, a servant of the Lord as well. His forfeiture forfeiture of the promised land because of his disobedience. But here is a man of God, not just a man of God, but also a messenger of God. When God called Moses, Moses was reluctant to take on this mantle of leadership. And yet God encouraged him in Exodus 5 and verse 1. Where Moses stood before Pharaoh. And here's what he said. Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, let my people go, that they may hold a feast unto me in the wilderness. Pharaoh, as you know, he he responded by asking the question in verse 2, 
Who is this Lord that I must should obey his voice to let Israel go? I know not the Lord, neither will I let Israel go. Here is a guy who was a man of God and a messenger of God. He was faithful in the declaration of all that God had delivered unto him. And so I would ask you today, are you a man? Are you a woman of God? Would you be identified as that? Are you a messenger of God in the sense that you share his divine will to others? And so we see his service in the Lord. But what about his successor in the Lord? Go, go back with me to Deuteronomy 34 and look at uh, verse 9. And notice here. And Joshua the son of Nun was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands upon him. And the children of Israel hearkened unto him and did as the Lord commanded Moses. We have this brief commentary about the man who would follow Moses next. Look, look at verse 10. And there arose not a prophet since in Israel like unto Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. In all of his signs and wonders, which the Lord sent him to do in the land of Egypt to Pharaoh, and to all of his saints, and to all his land, and in all that mighty hand, and all the great terror which Moses showed in the sight of all Israel. We understand Moses was a great man. And I think about having to follow in the footsteps of a guy like that. But here Moses had mentored Joshua. He had mentored Joshua. He had been instructed by Moses in the book of Exodus. He's identified as an assistant to Moses. That's Joshua. And so here's a guy who was schooled, if you please, to assume a role of leadership. Now, Moses has died, as we learned. And he has left some big shoes to be filled. But we understand that God had a man ready to step in and to take the place of Moses. You know, sometimes we get the feeling that we're irreplaceable, don't we? We, we, we might think that, that, that uh, nobody can take my place. Uh, there's nobody that can do what I do. There's nobody that has the ability that I have. Oh, I'm sorry to tell you. We're all replaceable. We're all, all expendable. When Moses died... God had a man ready to step in and assume that leadership role... ASAP as soon as possible go to the next page in your Bibles notice Joshua 1 verse 2 where God said Moses my servant is dead now therefore arise go over this Jordan thou and all this people unto the land which I do give to them even to the children of Israel God said Joshua you're the man you need to be ready to move, right? You need to arise and go. We have to be training people to rise up and to stand in our place one day. 
One day, there will be somebody teaching your class that might not be teaching now. One day, there'll be somebody preaching in this pulpit, somebody different. One day, there'll be different elders than the elders that we have now. There'll be different deacons than the deacons we have now. There'll be a different Bible class teacher in that classroom upstairs than we have now. You are replaceable. But at some point in time, we need to understand that time is filled with swift transition. As we just sang a a few moments ago, time is running out. Who are you mentoring to take your place when you're gone? Who are you instructing to take your place? Who's going to rise up and do the job that you do right now? I would hope and pray that we're laying the groundwork as the people of God for life to go on after we are long gone. Life can turn around in a swift moment. There is no guarantee that we will rise up from our beds tomorrow. There is no guarantee that we will be able to walk, move our legs, move our arms and hands tomorrow. One day, we will be running around doing what we want to do, living as we want to live, and the next day, we won't be doing anything. You could be on your back unable to do anything. That's how fast life can turn in just a snap. Probably quicker than I can snap. I close by saying, whether you like it or not, time is running out. Did you see how fast that sand slid through that hourglass? That's how fast life will get by us before we know it. The question is, is, are you a Christian? Have you done everything possible to make sure that your life will live on into eternity in heaven? If you're not a Christian, then you need to make those things right now. Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Do you believe that? You need to make a change in your life called repentance. Are you willing to do that? You need to make that good confession before these people of the sweet name of Jesus. I believe. Go down into the waters of baptism to make it all possible. To reach the blood of Jesus. To come up out of the waters of baptism. To walk in newness of life. Romans 6, 3 and 4. Are you willing to do that? We're willing to assist you in doing that.
You might be here already a child of God. And you've realized time is running out. My, I'm going to be like Moses. Time ran out. And it'll be too late if I don't make things right while I can. As a child of God, if you've wandered away back into the world of sin, repent of that. Pray that God will forgive you. We'll pray with you as well. Remember, time is running out. The choice is now. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 6-2, today is a day of salvation. Won't you come? As together we stand and sing.